This is our third week in the series, Hymns About Him. And, uh, you know, hymns, for those who don't know uh, what hymns are, they're antiquated songs of the church um, that have strong and rich theological value. Um, and they help us to guard and um, to remember and to preserve the theological values of the church and things that matter to us as we sing them. And one of them is, uh, you know, today that I love so much is one called Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. And especially that now we are in the Christmas season, uh, I'm just going to sing the first verse and you can sing it with me if you know it. It says, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Come on. Heart, Son, Fold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. Come on, sing it if you know it. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness. Drive the dark of doubt away. <laughs> Giver of more gladness fill us with the light of day one more time put those hands together and give God praise I'm not gonna break out in the sister act version uh, I promise <laughs> glory to God but this is one of those hymns that champion um, being joyful someone say being joyful and I love this hymn uh, and as I think about being joyful on this joy Sunday uh, the third Sunday of Advent, I, you know, want to just, it just causes me to remember uh, many years ago, about 10 or so years ago when we were uh, planting, actually it's been now 14 years ago or so when we planted the church. Man, time is just bimming, fam. Wow. So 14 years ago, because Gabriel is 14 years old, when we were starting this church in Grand Rapids, Michigan, um, which is now thriving and God is doing an incredible thing there. It's called Relevant Church Grand Rapids. And it's just insane, you know, to look back at the journey and the story. When we started um, this church, we started in a, uh, I remember, Ramada in Plaza, like, you know, little room area there. And then uh, we felt compelled that it was time to open um, a, you know, to actually go into a physical location of our own as the church started to grow. And, you know, we saw an opportunity. There was actually a Jamaican dance hall uh, in the middle of Grand Rapids, Michigan. You know, I could barely count the Jamaicans on my hand. So I'm just wondering, like, you know, why was there a Jamaican dance hall? But nonetheless, um, the dance hall got shot up. Unfortunately, nobody died or anything, thank God. But it got shot up. I, went, I remember walking in there the first time. I was like, yo, why are there bullet holes in the window? You know, so it got shot up and then they shut it down, right? And so we're like, of course, that's the perfect place to put a church, right? <laughs> so we literally decided to go in that place and to retrofit it. The people were vexed and so they mashed, the place was mashed up. And we saw just potential in going into this industrial unit and turning it into a place of worship. And so as we were doing this and going in there, there was a guy, 
And this is why we believe in miracles, y'all. I, I want you to understand, like, we didn't, I've been pastoring now for 18 years and, and planting churches and seeing God continue to do miraculous things. So we're like, how are we going to get this done? How are we going to renovate this place? I don't have any knowledge of building or anything of this nature. And so a guy named who we call Brother Larry, <laughs> Brother Larry, and all of y'all have a Brother Larry in your life, trust me. But this guy, he shows up out of nowhere. I've never met him before. And he shows up to the outside of this building. I'm like, who is this guy with this van? And he shows up and he comes in. He's a contractor. And he tells me, he proceeds to tell me, he said, young man. He calls me young man. He's like, young man. He's like, the Lord told me that I am not going to get another job unless I completely help you renovate this place for free. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? Like, you have to understand, there is some serious favor, man, on this ministry and what it is that the Lord continues to do. And so he literally tells me, he says, I, God told me, I'm not going to get another job unless I help you renovate this place for free. And he said, you just have to help me. And so um, I literally, and I obviously checked his workout, and this is a pro guy, um, someone with incredible experience. And we're like, man, are you serious? You are willing to help us in this regard, just out of the blue, just like this. And so he literally, for the next um, series of months, spends this time um, being in here, helping us to retrofit this space, to clean it out, to get the appropriate permits, to get all the things that we needed. And one of the things that Brother Larry helped me with um, initially was, you know, we were had to frame out a space. It was just a big old open space. Bathrooms were trashed. Everything was trashed. And we needed to frame it out. And so he taught me, this is the first time I learned about how walls go up. A lot of times we just look at walls and we're like, oh, there's a wall. But behind the wall, there are studs. There's wood frames that are there. Not only this, but uh, behind what you see there is, or, or, or what you see painted on the walls, is drywall. And in drywall, uh, you have to attach it to studs. You have to make dimples and leave enough room. Come on, you didn't know we were getting it on like carpenters in here. My boss is a Jewish carpenter, in case you didn't realize. And so we learned how to... Um, <laughs> allow me, allow me, allow me, fam. <laughs> I'm like, man, am I going to get away with it? Am I going to get away with it? So anyway, I learned how to mud and tape. You got to put mud on there. You got to sand it down in order for the wall to look like that, and then you paint it. So anyway, um, we had framed out the sanctuary area, and we were getting ready to um, get to the bathrooms. And when we got to the bathrooms, I remember we were putting up the frames, we had framed stuff out, and then I went outside into the area where we were storing the drywalls, and I picked one up like I did for the rest of them, and I was getting ready to take it in to, um, to, to be able to frame out the drywall, to frame out the bathroom. And then Brother Larry goes, young man, young man, hold up, hold up, hold up. He's like, we can't use the same drywall. Oh, come on, somebody. Can't use the same drywall that we use to frame stuff out there as we're going to use in this bathroom. He says, because the drywall that you were using out there is not equipped or graded to be able to handle the moisture and the humidity that comes with the bathroom says that if you use this same drywall, not only will it mold or if people miss the urinal or whatever. He says it's going to crumble and it's going to not. Uh, 
It's not going to last very long. And so he says, you need a special type of drywall. And we're going, he says it's called green board. And this green board drywall is graded to be able to handle the moisture and the rigors of being in this bathroom environment. Oh, somebody sees where I'm going already. Fact of the matter is, I want to encourage you to note today uh, that our lives are like that drywall. And there are many of us that are trying to build. Come on. They're trying to build with regular drywall. But the drywall of the world is not capable of withstanding all of the elements that happen in the toilets of life. Uh, yeah. And the fact of the matter is in Christ, uh, we have God gives us green board. And there's people that look at you and they say, how on earth? You must be out of your mind. Why do you still have a smile on your face despite the things that are happening in your situation? Why is it that you are still dancing? Come on. And you have not jumped off a cliff uh, based upon the things that are happening in your life right now. And the fact is that they don't understand that you are not wired like the world. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I had uh, the same green board, that, uh, the same uh, drywall rather that the world had, I wouldn't be able to handle what I'm up against. But I'm so grateful on this pink Sunday, come on, that we serve a God who gives us joy that the world didn't give us and the world can't take away. I wonder if there's anybody that will get happy with me in here today because you know that in Christ you have some green board fortified it's been prepared to handle the organic matter it's been prepared to handle the heat and humidity without uh, causing fungus and things that will cause you disease come on somebody uh, that you can walk through the challenges and the difficulties of life uh, but still come out on the other side uh, not even smelling like the fire i wonder if it's a church in here that knows that god can give you green board so when i remember this text that he's talked, that he, uh, this uh, song, Joyful, Joyful, we adore thee. Full of joy, we adore Christ. And I'm just thinking about this, man. It's so powerful because uh, this song goes so well with the verse when we think about what we get in Christ. When we think about joy. Someone say joy. joy. You know, the fact of the matter is when we think about joy, uh, what truly is joy? Uh, there are a lot of people that try to say that joy is different from happiness and all of these things. And fact of the matter is, by definition, joy is great happiness or pleasure. And the fact is, uh, it's not that joy is different from happiness. The question is, where are you getting your joy from? One type of joy, the joy that comes from the world, is based is happiness that's based on what's happening. But the joy, come on, that you get in Christ is not based upon what's happening, but it's based upon who he is. And so no matter what's happening, because of the stability of the Savior, the Bible declares and says in Hebrews 13 verse 8, it says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, 
and forevermore. Fact of the matter is this lets us know that if our joy is rooted in Christ and who he is, consequently doesn't matter what is happening, I can still have great happiness because my joy is not rooted in a situation. It's rooted in a God who is able to take all things, someone shout all things, and work it together for my good and for his glory. Someone give God a green board praise in the house today. And so if you went to the text, James chapter 1 verse 2 through 4. Text says, someone say, the text says, count it all joy, my brothers and sisters. When you meet trials of various kinds, come on. For you know that the testing of your faith produces, produces steadfastness. Some of your translations say patience. And let steadfastness or patience have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Oh, that's so powerful right there. See, this is the, he says, it doesn't sound like it makes sense where he says, count it all joy when you enter into a trial. Are we counting it joy because the trial is good? Or are we counting it joy because our God is good? And he's able uh, to get to the place where he takes what we're navigating and cause it to enrich and to bless and to benefit us. Even if it doesn't make sense in this season. Can I tell you, this is it. I want you to write this down if you're note taking. Uh, in Christ, watch, even your problems have a purpose. When you follow Christ, there are a lot of people, let me say it again, in Christ, even your problems have a purpose. There are a lot of people that you think that when you come to Christ, that you are no longer going to have any issues. But watch, the fact is, that as the Bible makes it clear, that God reigns on the just and the unjust. Both of us, whether you're in Christ or out of Christ, come on, are going to experience the rain. But the difference is that when you're in Christ, you can have joy because even your problems are on assignment. Come on, somebody. I dare you to look at someone tell them, my issues are on assignment. Come on. My issues are on assignment in my life. I just want to declare this over to you. The Lord put this in my heart to declare over you. In this season, there is going to be nothing wasted. Come on, somebody. Every tear you have cried, someone ought to receive this. Every problem that you have gone through, every bill that you have stood in front of that you couldn't pay, every loss that you experienced, that you could not see your way out all of those nights where you wept and you cried and you drove you drew the blinds together because you didn't want to leave the room every single time that you put let the phone go to voicemail uh, because you didn't want to talk to anybody because you are rooted in Christ I wonder if it's any every sickness every flare-up come on every hospital visit uh, because you are in Christ even your issues are on assignment you might not see it right now but as the text says we can count it all joy uh, because watch the testing of our faith produces steadfastness if you're gonna go through it you might as well grow through it Oh, it's time out for us to just go through stuff and sit there complaining. Woe is me praying. And then we get out and then not too long after we go right back in because we didn't learn the things that were necessary to keep us out of it. I did. 
dare you to get to the place where you say not another trial not another person cussing me out or gossiping or talking behind my back not another situation that rises up against me not another loss that I face in my life am I just gonna go through it I'm gonna milk that thing for every single thing that it's worth I'm gonna grow through it if we're gonna go through it we might as well grow through it the text he says it produces steadfastness you know nothing wasted in this season I want you to understand when you have the joy of Christ in your life watch uh when you count joy whatever it is that you're navigating and facing uh it gives you staying power that's what he said it produces steadfastness so when you count it joy, when you have a, a joyful attitude and you're resting, you're, you're finding your joy in Christ and who Christ is, it gives you staying power. Someone say staying power. Amen. Not only that, but then he goes on and says in verse 4, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect. So not only does it give you staying power, but it gives you perfection. Someone say perfection. He's perfecting you. He is, he is building you up. You're not where you want to be, but you're not where you used to be. Somebody ought to be excited about that. And as you continue to lean into his joy, he is positioning you, come on, for perfection. And then lastly, I love this one. He says uh, that you may be perfect and complete, watch, lacking in nothing. So not only will it give you steadfastness, but the joy of Jesus, counting it all joy, will position you per, 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 for perfection and also provision. Oh, he said you'll be lacking in nothing. I want to tell you, can I just preach and let three people in here know today uh, that the reason why you have not got the harvest oftentimes that God has promised you is not because God was not willing to give it to you, but it's because you did you quit before the harvest. Come on. My Bible declares and says, don't get weary in doing good. For in due season, you will reap, watch, if you faint not. And there are many of us that have quit before the harvest and that's why you have not yet reaped it but he says my when your joy counted all joy my brothers when you enter into diverse temptations or trials of various kinds so in christ even your problems have a purpose that's why you can have joy and to see the fact is having god's joy is not the ignorance of reality so what I'm not telling you to do is walk around and be like, no, giant, you're not there. I don't see you. You know, it's not like, no sickness, you're not there. I you know, there's a lot of people that they're saying they're having faith, but that's not faith. Uh, in many regards, it's actually stupidity. Because how on earth uh, can God cut down or uh, defeat something that you're not even willing to acknowledge is there? Jesus says that he can't even forgive your sins if you don't acknowledge that you're a sinner. And so it's not about the ignorance of a reality, but it instead is the fruit of a God who can work all things together for our good. A God who is greater than whatever it is that I am facing and am up against. And so this is important. I want you to understand when we're talking about joy and the joy of Christ and the joy that we have in him. As the text says uh, in Proverbs 17 verse 22. This is a good one to write down. Proverbs 17 verse 22. I want you to understand the power that is in a joyful heart. Bible says a joyful heart is good medicine. 
but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. A joyful spirit, man. It's a, it's a good, it's good medicine. But a crushed spirit dries up. I dare you in the middle of what you're going through to embrace the joy of Christ. It's good medicine. It's good medicine for you. There's some of you, the reason why you're crushed in spirit is because you're surrounding yourself with people who are, nobody knows the trouble. Listen, man, you better surround yourself with folk that even if you are down, you ought to have at least two or three people around you that can come and grip your arms. Come on and say, get up out of this mess. Come on. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Is there somebody in here that understands that joyful heart is a good medicine and so somebody's saying today they're saying well how do i get god's joy you're talking about all this joy and all this wonderful stuff how do i get it well here you are you get god's joy by practicing his presence yeah uh, you don't believe me watch it's in the text it's in the bible uh, psalm chapter 16 verse 11 look at what the bible says says you make known to me the psalmist says the path of life watch you will fill me with joy in your presence. And then he says, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. This is the declaration of David. He says that you fill me with joy in your presence. Uh, there are many of us that are trying to get the joy of Christ uh, by doing just self-help, reading self-help books and standing in front of the mirror and doing all these positive uh, witchcraft, I mean positive declarations. Y'all don't want to be real with me on today. Uh, and we think by going around burning sage uh, and doing all this sorts of stuff and chanting ohms and mantras and all this stuff and going and seeing tarot card readers and, and crystal balls and uh, look at can I just come for all of it today uh, and going to the psychic come on and trying to figure stuff out uh, from people that only have limited vision come on and get to the place where we're do you think that that is the way that you get your joy but I'm here to tell you he says that you ought to get the joy of the Lord through practicing the presence of the Lord come on how do you practice the presence of the Lord it happens in worship come on somebody when you come to the house of the Lord you're not just sitting here looking cute and saying oh my gosh here we go again let me just check my I went to church on Sunday car no you come into his gates with thanksgiving come on you don't need somebody to show up here and pump and prime you come on somebody you don't need the music you don't need none of that but you enter with thanksgiving come on you bring your own praise and you lean in to his presence not only this it's in the reading of his word uh, sometimes instead of prison next episode next episode next episode can't even let the next episode button run out before you click the button y'all don't want to be real with me today you practice his presence come on uh, if you can't say amen you might as well say ouch right uh, and so we say always talking about we don't have time to read the word of God uh, but the fact of the matter is when we're saying we don't have time to read the word of God how on earth did you watch the entire show of the crown in just two days but you don't have 15 minutes y'all don't want to talk to me uh, but to get your face out of Facebook and in his book come on somebody and get to the place where you imbue yourself with his word you get his joy you get his joy to getting in his presence it's why life groups is important. This is why Bible study and worship and prayer and all of these things should be built into your prayer life. I love it because Galatians chapter 5 verse 22, uh, the Bible makes it clear that joy is a fruit of the spirit. 
In other words, it is one of the things, the joy of God comes from the Spirit of God. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. And so it doesn't come from our conjuring, it comes from our trusting. Our leaning into the Holy Spirit and asking the Holy Spirit to give us the joy that the world didn't give us and the world can, can't take away. And so this is powerful when we think about this. As I bring the plane down for a landing, I'm in remembrance of the story of Nehemiah. Anybody ever heard of Nehemiah? And Nehemiah's assignment was to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. And so he goes, I talked about this not too long ago. I was up here preaching on a ladder and stuff. And his assignment with the, with the people of Judah, uh, they went in and they rebuilt the wall of Jerusalem that was torn down by their enemies. And, you know, it was a powerful thing because uh, after they rebuilt this wall, they rebuilt it uh, in 50-something days, which is a miracle in and of itself. And then they're called to a time of celebration. Uh, but the powerful thing I want us to know uh, and I'm going to look at Nehemiah chapter 8 as we bring the plane down for a landing is that peep uh, after God had rebuilt the wall uh, in Jerusalem God says uh, I now want to rebuild you uh, because the fact of the matter is there are a lot of us that there have been things that God has fortified in your life you thought it was just about your finances but he actually wanted uh, to just get that out of the way so that he could focus in on you you thought it was about that house, uh, but he cares more about you that will live in the house than that material box. And so it's powerful because uh, Ezra, who is the priest of that time, he actually begins to preach. And he preaches in a way uh, that the people understand. And they are cut to their heart because he's preaching to them about the law of God that they forgot about and they lost in the season of captivity. Are you tracking with me? And so here in the text, when they hear it, look at what happens in verse 9. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, everyone say the governor. And Ezra, the priest and scribe, and uh, the Levite who taught the people, said to the people, this day is, is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. Verse 10 says, then he said to them, go your way. Eat the fat and drink the sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this is the day holy unto the Lord. And watch, and do not be grieved. Why? For the joy of the Lord is your strength. When the people heard, uh, they, it was a time, to, a time to celebrate. They were excited initially. But then when they heard the law, the law convicted them of their sinfulness. And so they begun to mourn because they were confronted with the reality of their sinfulness. And instead, watch, not should, they should not have been leaning in to the reality of their sinfulness and allowing it to cause them to mourn. Instead, they were supposed to lean in to the reality that God was there to forgive them. Uh, and there are many of you, you're missing the point of the revelation. God has been revealing to many of us certain things and it is causing us to be grievous because of the difficulty that we're up against and oftentimes it strips us of our joy. But what I love is notice he says in the text, he says, don't weep and don't mourn even though you're hearing this. Why? Because you serve a God who is a forgiving God. He wasn't just interested in the wall, but he was interested in your life. That's why we're not just focused on you giving so that this church can be blessed. Because what good is the church if you aren't blessed either? Come on, 
somebody. And God is saying that instead of grieving about the difficulty that you may be facing, realize that he's revealed it to you because he is going to be the one who comes true and causes a turnaround in your life. Oh, I don't know who I came to preach to today, but he says, don't just stand in the corner and do any sort of positive affirmations. He says, instead of all that, he says, lean into the fact that the joy of the Lord, oh my, it is your strength. The joy of the God who is capable of being able, come on, to spark the Red Sea. Come on. The joy that is rooted in the God who is able to deliver you out of the hands of Pharaoh. Anybody in this place that understands this God that was able to get them to the place where they were able to no longer see the enemies that had them in a place of bondage. We have gotten to, we have got to get to the place where our joy is not rooted in what's happening, but it's rooted instead in the God who is able to do the miraculous in our lives. And you know, as I love this, because uh, as we bring the plane down for a landing, I want to tell you the joy of the Lord is your strength. That Jack Daniels uh, is not going to give you strength that lasts. I'm here to tell you that Gyanja, that Mary Jane, come on. I know that it might give you some temporary, you don't want me to go there, some temporary satisfaction. And I understand that it's legal now. And I understand that it's people uh, that use it, come on, uh, uh, for medicinal purposes. But the fact of the matter is there are a lot of people, even though you might not be saying you're addicted to it, uh, that you can't operate without it. Come on, somebody. Uh, Y'all don't want me to go there today. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that I'm telling you uh, that Jesus will give you joy that Mary Jane can't give you. Jesus will give you joy that that Guinness can't give you. Come on, somebody. You know what? Uh, there's someone here today uh, that's wondering when joy is coming. Uh, I bring this plane down for a landing uh, by letting you know in Psalm 30, uh, verse 5, the Bible says, For his anger is for but a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Here it is. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy... Joy, I feel it. Joy, joy, joy comes in the morning. Look at somebody, tell them, neighbor, doesn't matter what you're facing right now, joy is coming. Tell them anything you face on this earth is temporary, but the joy you have. In Jesus Christ, it will last into eternity. He'll give you joy, come on, that an orgasm can give you. He'll give you joy that a million dollars can give you. He'll give you joy that the stuff of this world can give you. Joy that the world didn't give me and the world can't take away. Let's have church and somebody in this time you might be in a situation and you're saying how on earth am I supposed to know there's joy coming based of what I'm going through right now but I recently got to the place when it was 12 in the morning it was dark outside but even though it was dark it was still morning 
to sell you and tells you that that's going to make you happy. I'm happy because joy is here. It's morning now because of what Jesus has already done. So practice his presence. Lean into his joy. Ask him to manifest that in your life. Spend more time doing that than the other stuff and watch him turn your life around online in the house glory to God if that message was a blessing to you go ahead put those hands together and give the Lord praise and so someone today is saying well pastor I don't have a clue 
I mean, now that sounds cute, but I do not have a relationship with this God that you running back and forth and dancing about. And I want to, I would be remiss if I did not invite you into this space and into this time to put your trust in Jesus who died for you and rose from death. Someone's saying, how do I do that? The Bible sums it up in three things. It says to repent. Everybody say repent. In other words, you acknowledge I am a sinner. I am a sinner. I'm in need of salvation from this sin. I'm serving myself, serving my plans. And I'm turning from that. And I believe. Someone say believe. And I'm turning to Christ. I believe that he came, that he died, that he rose from death with all power. And I'm putting my trust and my faith in him. And after we put our trust in him, we're baptized. Someone say, be baptized. And I'm excited. I'm pointing over here because uh, next week is our last baptism for the year. Come on, praise the Lord. We have eight people confirmed to be baptized this coming Sunday. Forty people have already been baptized for this year. And so that might be you. You're like, you know what? I want to repent, believe, and be baptized. I want to be numbered among those eight people and to be baptized with them this coming Sunday. Uh, if that person is you, you, I will call you to make that decision on today to repent, believe, and be baptized. Someone else in here, uh, you may have said, I'm already baptized and I went away and I've been witchcrafting and manifesting and now I'm worshiping Buddha and, you know, and, you know, every religion is valid and all that stuff. And now I'm compelled to come back to Christ. You know, I want to call you back home. Even though you ran away from Christ, Christ has not run away from you. And his arms are open wide, ready to receive you back into fellowship. You can return to the promises of your baptism. Put your trust in him again.